Hallelujah. We need God to open our eyes to all he has done. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we bless you. God, we reverence you for being that God that gives us food and gives us shelter, keeping us protected from all hurt, harm, and danger. We've heard that you've kept us from danger, seen and unseen. And so for that, God, we give you praise. God, we come to another preaching, teaching moment. God, we realize and we understand that had it not been for you on our side, we don't know where we would be. So God, as I take this place, this this moment in time, God, I pray that you would uh, uh, sanctify my mouth, oh God, purify my lips, God, that they might be capable of preaching your word on today. God, I pray that I will have the mind of Christ, God, that I will only say whatever it is that you would desire for me to say, God, I pray that the Holy Ghost will be our preacher, be our teacher on today. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. And a man on this morning, our journeys take us to first John, the first chapter. We'll be starting at the fifth verse. First John, the first chapter, <clears throat> we'll be starting at the fifth verse we do thank God for again those that have, have chimed in we thank God for Michelle Pittman bless the Lord for you chiming in on today thank God for mother uh, Tanya Holmes thank God for you Tyrone Washington from Chicago thank God for you my sister Shantae McSwain Gray we thank God for you on today amen we thank God for all of you all who have chimed in uh, Sheila Wright. Oh my goodness. From high school. Thank God for you. Uh, Maggie uh, Birch miles. We bless God for you. Woman of God. And we thank God again for each and every one of you all who have chimed in on today. First John, the first chapter starting at the fifth verse. We're going to read it from the new American standard version. And then we're going to go ahead and read it from the message. And this is what the word of the Lord says. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word is not in us. Reading the same passage and this time reading it from the message Bible. It says this, this in essence is the message we heard from Christ and are passing on to you. God is light, pure light. There is not a trace of darkness in him. If we claim that we experience a shared life with him and continue to stumble around in the dark, we're obviously lying, uh, lying through our teeth. We're not living 
what we claim. But if we walk in the light, God himself being the light, we also experience a shared life with one another as the sacrificed blood of Jesus, God's son, purges all our sin. If we claim we're free from sin, we're only fooling ourselves, a claim that is like errant nonsense. On the other hand, if we admit our sins, make a clean breast of them, he won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us of all wrongdoing. If we claim we've never sinned, we out and out contradict God, make a liar out of him. A claim like that only shows off our ignorance of God. And the word of the Lord is blessed. You all, I I do have a title, but I wanted to talk to you all just a little bit uh, about, you know, we we often call things that we don't necessarily want to deal with. Uh, an elephant in the room. It, 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 it's, it's looming, it's overwhelming, but yet and still nobody wants to say anything about it. So we don't, <laughs> we don't, we, we know it's there, but you know, because we know it's there, we figure everybody knows about it. So nobody wants to talk about it, but you all, um, because we live in Florida and, and, and we live in the, the South and, and we're watching, uh, we're watching the news and everybody knows what's going on. Um, we all know that the, 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 the virus, the, the coronavirus uh, numbers have, have gone up and we recognize and realize that uh, uh, many of us are experiencing things that we've never experienced before. We, it, you know, I, I don't want to say it was all right when it was someplace else, but it's something about when something is in your backyard that causes you to take even more notice and causes you to address it at a, a, a even closer scope. Um, you know, I, uh, we even have a couple of, of our members that I was, uh, notified of on yesterday who have tested positive for, for the virus. So it's, it's come to hit home, you all. And, and, you know, um, we, we've heard of, of, of so many devastating stories that have come out of this. I do, before I get into my message, I do want to share a testimony though, uh, uh, it was about a couple of months ago that we were supposed to have a guest preacher, my sister from um, Baltimore or Silver Springs, Maryland, uh, Reverend uh, Dana Ashton was supposed to preach for us. And on that Saturday before, you know, I was checking her connections, making sure everything was good. And when we uh, got on Zoom, I looked at her and I said, sis, you look weary. What's going on? And she told me that she tested for the virus um, and she was sheltering it at home. And so I had been checking on her, checked on her a couple of days later. And she said, I feel better today than I did yesterday. And I said, praise God and checked on her the following week and didn't get a response and checked on her two weeks later and didn't get a response. And you all, I'll just be honest with you. My, my faith was sure, but my, my, my emotions were a little rattled, a little shaken. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't hearing anything. And you know what we do in this age, we go out on Facebook or social media to see if we see of anything. And I wasn't seeing anything, <coughs> excuse me, 
And I was concerned and I was just, just praying. And, and I said, you know, God, I, I, I don't know. I don't know this thing, especially up near the Maryland area up in the Northeast has been so devastating. God, um, you know, perhaps she's okay, but perhaps one of her loved ones. And so, you know, I had just been praying and, and really seeking God and, and so I, I thought again yesterday to reach out and say, you know, sis, I'm just concerned, you know, are you or your family okay? And praise God, she responded on yesterday. Glory to the Lamb of God. She texted me back yesterday and she said, sis, I'm going to call you in, in a few minutes. And she called me and you all, she told me the story of how she was at death's door and how they were calling in the the, the chaplain to give last rites. Uh, it was that serious and how her husband had the wherewithal of mind, even though he couldn't be there to tell the chaplain, you know, I, I, I appreciate what you're doing, but I need a, a, a woman of God. I need a, a woman preacher, a woman chaplain. I, I, don't, I don't know how you're going to get her, but I need her to, to, to pray over my wife. And so she tells the story of how in a bit of a lucid moment, uh, they put an iPad in front of her and this woman preacher, uh, you know, who did not know her, uh, started speaking to her and praying. And, and Sister T, you're going to like this. She started calling Lazarus to come forth and, and started speaking Talitha Kumai, daughter arise. And, 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 and Pastor Ashton says she felt her spirit coming back on this side because at the same time, the, the, the story goes that her mother woke up out of her sleep and said she felt her daughter's spirit leaving. And she started praying like Hezekiah and recounting to God all the times that she had given her child back over to him and how he called her to ministry and how he, 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 he you know, if he called her. Then if it's not her season to go, then you got to bring her back here. And at the same time, that mother was praying that prayer. That preacher was praying that prayer. And just as they were giving last rites, the tide started to turn. <laughs> and so she's sounding stronger and better than she ever has before. And we thank God. She had to leave the hospital and, and, and go to, to rehab. And, and she had to go through therapy, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, rehabilitation therapy. And she, she had to come home with a walker y'all. And, 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 you know, there, there are some COVID related issues that I promise you is playing, playing into what God will have me to talk about today. But there's some, some COVID related, uh, 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 complications that tend to come out of that. She, uh, what brought up out of her was that now she is a diabetic. She is an insulin dependent diabetic, you know, but she said, I rather have to shoot myself every day <laughs> than to have left here. And not complete, y'all ain't hearing me. And to not complete the assignment that God has given me, you all. And, and, and as I hear that story, and, and, and so many have asked about my spiritual dad, Apostle Edgar B. Johnson Sr., um, who was diagnosed with, with the coronavirus on, on May 1st. He, he has recovered from that virus, but he uh, also had complications uh, 
and, and, and has suffered a stroke. But we thank God he's still on this side. And now he's been moved to a, a hospital that is better for him. And it looks like he is starting to react and to respond to some of the stimuli that have been put before him. So we bless God for that as well. Amen. Because we still know God to be a healer. Glory to God. But you all, that's not everybody's testimony. And we understand that. We realize that. But you know, I don't believe that anything happens in this life that is lost on God and that God cannot use to teach us something. So on today, I want to talk to you about what the coronavirus teaches us about sin. What the coronavirus teaches us about sin. My brothers and my sisters, there is so many things that are unknown about this virus. So many things that, uh, you know, doctors are still perplexed. Scientists and research researchers are still uh, uh, flummoxed, if I can use that word, about what will kill this virus, what will cause for outbreaks not to occur, how to detect whether someone has it, how to detect who is more susceptible to it than others, uh, how to recognize uh, 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 the warning signs, because for some, it is some things, and for others, it is other things. How do we determine uh, what will be the vaccine? What will be the cure? There's so many unknowns that we have about this virus. But you all know that uh, we're not uh, immune to things coming to us that we don't understand and don't have vaccines for before. We had the same thing with SARS. We had the same thing with MERS. We had the same thing with HIV. There was the same thing before our time uh, with, you know, uh, uh, you know, the black plague and, 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 you know, uh, the, you know, the bird flu and, and all of those types of things, you all, we, we've, we've seen things like this before where we don't know where it came from and we don't know how it is that it is going to leave us. But you all, again, I don't believe that God would have us go through the season in our lives. And not take something from this because even before uh, coronavirus, even before polio, even before mumps and measles, even before, uh, you know, the Black Plague, even before MERS and SARS and, and uh, you know, HIV, even before all of that, there was sin. And if we, uh, uh, you know hear of of songwriters you know that when they talk about the bomb of Gilead to heal the body and the sin sick soul you all sin is an incurable disease it's one that we're born with the bible says that we uh, a man was born into sin and that came out of the original sin of Adam and Eve back in Genesis uh, 
It is something that is in our spiritual DNA. It's something that's in our bloodline. It's not something that skips a generation. Somebody hear what I'm saying there. You can't say, well, it didn't come to me because I'm a good person. And it, you know, it, it, it touched my mama and it touched my grandmama or it touched my granddaddy and, and my uncles, but it didn't touch me. I hate to disillusion you. And I hate to, to, to mess up your thought process processes about your good reputation and your good personality and your feel good uh, feelings about your disposition you are, but you can still be good and still be in sin. I just want, I just want to help you out with it. I'm sorry. Matter of fact, the Bible declares that, and I believe it's Romans five and eight, uh, that all of sin and come short of the glory of God. I'm, I, I may be saying that, that wrong address. I got so many scriptures going on in my head right now. The address might be wrong, but the scripture does say that all of sin and come short of the glory of God. The Bible also says that there's none righteous. No, not one. You also, we have to realize and understand that sin is a real deal just as much as we were hoping that the coronavirus would not affect us as much as it is now in the state where I am. And in other states, you all, it is pervasive. It is going through. But there are some things that we can learn if we keep our spiritual eyes open so can can we just do this right quick? Can we talk about the things that we know? What is it that we know about the coronavirus? The first thing that we know you all is that no one is immune to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that no one is is immune to it. There was a time where they said that it would just uh, you know, hit a certain um it would just hit a certain age group. We were more concerned about the seniors than we were about, you know, babies. We were more concerned about uh, those that had uh, um, pre-existing conditions than we were about other folks. You all, but we've seen some strapping, strong, uh, healthy folks that have been infected by this virus. Can I equate this to sin? No one is immune from sin. No one is immune. The The Apostle Paul, who has con been considered the greatest evangelist of them all, said that in the mirror of looking at God, the closer he got to God, the bigger sinner he saw that he is. And that's when he was walking with the Lord. You all, we've got to realize and understand that I don't care how much scripture you know. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how much you can speak in tongue. I don't care how much you can preach, pray, and prophesy. No one is immune to sin. Yeah, no one. No one is immune to sin, you all. So we've got to realize and we've got to understand that even if you feel as though, you know, well, I, I live a good life and, and I do everything in accordance to the word. You, your hands might be clean, but your heart might be dirty. Your heart might be clean, but your mind periodically gets a little soil. Can I just help somebody out here? It, it, the enemy is cunning. Yeah, he, he's cunning. And so even some things that we don't think are sin, the enemy will cause us to justify it so. So that we feel as though we're in the right. But you all, if we are opposed to what the world, uh, opposed to what God 
is saying in his word, then we are sinning. It's, it's no ifs, no ands, and no buts about it. What else do we know about sin, uh, about the virus, and we know about sin? You are that you could take all precautions, but you can still be infected. You can take every precaution you want to, you all, but you can still be infected. What have we been told about the coronavirus? Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you go out with the mask. Make sure that you stay, you know, have a six feet distance between people, social distancing. Make sure that you do all of these things. But you all, I've seen folks that have washed their hands. I've seen folks that have had masks on. I've seen folks that have done all of this, you all, but yet and still. They have tested positive for the virus. And you all, even with the mask on, and again, I, I, I say this, I was sharing with some of the members of his house uh, earlier, even with the mask on, if someone doesn't have a mask on and you don't have a mask on, there's a 90% chance you're going to catch it if they got the virus. If someone who has the virus uh, doesn't have a mask on and you got a mask on, there's a uh, like a 30% chance that you'll catch the virus. If you both got mask on, it's down to uh, maybe about 3%, one and a half percent but the problem is it's not zero percent so you could take all the precautions in the world but you could be you know potentially infected i'm not saying that to scare you i'm just giving you facts well it's the same thing with sin you could go to church every sunday come on hear me now you could be at every Bible study. You could be at every Sunday school. You could get up at five o'clock in the morning every morning and pray. But can I help you out with something? You can still sin. You can still fall prey to sin. Because sin is no respect of person. Sin doesn't care how long you've been going to church. Sin doesn't care how well you pray or don't pray. Sin doesn't care what your title is. Sin doesn't care who your grandmama is and that she was a missionary at the church for well over 65 some odd years. Sin doesn't care. No matter what precautions you take, you can still be infected by sin. You also don't think that you're immune. Don't think that it won't come to you. So many young people now are catching the coronavirus are testing positive because they felt as though they were immune. Well, I heard it just got to old people. I heard that it doesn't touch folks in my age group. I, I don't have a pre-existing condition and I'm in good health. So I figured I was okay. I, I'm all, I know what they do and, and I know that they're not normally around, you know, around other people. So I felt it was safe to go around them. You can take every precaution, y'all, but you can still be infected. What else have we learned about this virus? What else do we know? Not only is no one immune to it. Not only can you take all precautions, but you can still be infected. But you all right now, we know that there is no known cure. We know that there's no known cure. Now, I'm not saying that because there won't ever be a cure. But right now, there is no known cure. There are people working day and night looking at different cases 
to see why this virus affects different people in different ways, to see if they can learn something about those that have the virus and have recovered and those that had the virus and unfortunately have passed on. You've got researchers and scientists who are working day and night trying to come up with the vaccine. But can we just be honest, uh, when they came up with a vaccine for polio, they still had to refine and perfect it. When they came up with a vaccine for the measles, they still had to refine and protect it. Because just like this virus is doing, the virus has a way of morphing. It has a way uh, of, of adapting. So they can't just come out with this thing and think it's going to work. They have to come out with something that will uh, uh, adapt or morph as the virus morphs. Can I talk to you about sin for a minute? <laughs> How many of you all got saved and the one thing that was your main sin? Can we just talk about it and be real right here? The thing that was your main sin, sin doesn't, you know, thank God, you know, you don't fall prey to that anymore. And you felt like you were in the clear. But all of a sudden you realize that a new sin cropped up. Looking a different way, smelling a different way, tasting a different way. Come on, Zion. Talking a different way. But before you knew it, it's still sin. Maybe it'll be different this time is what you said. I, I, I'm not going to do it all the time. You know, I could quit. Anytime I want, have I walked into somebody's living room yet? You know, it, 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 it don't affect me like that, like it does them. So it must not be sin. If it is against God's word, what did First uh, 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 John 1 and 8 say in the message? If we claim we're free from sin, we're only fooling ourselves. A claim like that is errant. Nonsense. Can I help you out today? I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care if you've been saved five minutes, five months, five years, 50 years. I do not care. Sin will find a way into your life somehow. And if you aren't careful, it will pack its bags, take up residence in your house, and be living there before you even realize it even rang your doorbell. Who am I talking to? We've got to recognize sin for where it is. But here's the deal. If you've been in sin so long, sometimes you ignore the fact that it's there. Have you uh, 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 ever had something in your house or something in your car? And someone comes in your house or someone comes in your car and they ask about that. And you say, what? This right here. What is that? Yeah, that's been there so long. I haven't even paid attention because when it get you get so comfortable with seeing it. You get so comfortable with having it there. You don't even realize that it shouldn't be there. Who am I talking to? You are the virus. Is something where right now there is no known cure. They're working on one and we, we are confident and believe God that there will be one. But right now there isn't one. And you all, for this flesh, this sinful flesh, there is <laughs> no known cure for sin. 
you all sound like you all like well, this is just devastating. Why in the world it doesn't sound like there's any hope? But yes, there is. The Bible gives a prescription of hope, and actually, there is not a cure for sin, but there is a cure for the death of sin. Let's let's go on. Let's I keep you too long. Let's talk about how we can protect ourselves. You are, how can we protect ourselves? The first thing we need to do to protect ourselves is to stay informed, stay informed. You all, just like we do with the news in this coronavirus, we've got to stay informed. Well, listen, this is what the word tells us. This is how we can stay informed about sin. Psalms 119 and 45 says this, and I will walk at liberty for I seek your precepts. You all, we can be free from sin when we learn the word of God, his precepts, line upon line, precept upon precept. You all, the word tells us how we can stay free and protected from sin. Just because sin comes to you doesn't mean you got to fall prey to it. See, some of us just say, well, you know what? I mean, it's here. I mean, you know, I ain't even, I ain't even fight it. Well, what you mean you didn't fight it? <laughs> you do realize that you care. Even Paul said that that I want to do. I don't do, but that, that I don't want to do. That's the very thing that I do. And then he went on to say, Oh, wretched man that I am who can deliver me. And he talks about the prescription. Thanks be to God. You all, the Bible doesn't give us just doom and gloom, but it gives us a prescription of how to stay protected from sin. The Bible says that there's been no temptation given unto man. That God has not given us a way of escape. Then that means that there is a way to protect ourselves from sin. How else can we protect ourselves from sin? Not only do we need to stay informed, you all. But you all, this is so important. We protect ourselves from the coronavirus. By not being tempted to return to normal. How many of you all have seen people? Oh, Lord. You all, the virus still out there. <laughs> we, we can't just go out there running willy-nilly. We've got to make sure we're still protected. You all, can I, can I encourage you on today? It's the same thing when you get saved. See, when you were a sinner, your normal was sin. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5 and 17 that if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. All things are what? Passed away. And behold, all things become new. You have a new normal. Come on, somebody. I know you've heard that before. You have a new normal. There's a new normal that we have to abide by. And so what does the scripture tell us about our new normal. The Bible says in James 1 and 14. He says. But each one. Is tempted. When he is carried away. And enticed. By his own lust. You all. Sometimes we just get. Uh, I just need to get out the house. 
I just, I, I, I'm tired of not seeing people. I'm going to go here. I'm going to keep my mask on, but I'm going to go to such and such place. Well, we already talked about the mask is not a, a, a surefire way of being protected from the virus. But it is our, uh, our desires that will entice us to go someplace we ain't got no business going. If you all think about the video that everybody got upset about, about uh, uh, these folks that had this party in this house where they were thick as, thick as thieves in that house. It was like a hundred and plus people in this house. Some of them in there with mask on. Some of them not with mask on. And we were angry because we said, see, this right here is the reason why the numbers keep going up. But you all, how many times have you gone out to the store and I don't feel like putting this mask on? I can't breathe. How, how many times? Well, you know, I'm just going to have a few folks over and, and I, know, I, I know what they about. So I'm going to just have them over. You are when we're enticed by our own desires, when we're enticed by our own lust and lust doesn't have to be a negative. It just means it's something that we feel like we can't do without that might be detrimental to us. You are when we're enticed by our own desires and our own lust, it can cause us great damage to the point of destruction. So you all, we have to make sure that we are not tempted to return to our old normal of sin. And we maintain our new normal of walking in the light of God. How else can we protect ourselves? Not only do we need to stay informed, not only do we need to uh, uh, not be tempted to return to normal, but you all, we can protect ourselves by not falling prey to false news. I know we've heard that term false news uh, uh, by the person in the White House. We, we understand that. We know that the president uses that term often about false news. And, and, and saying that things are, are false news. But you all, we've got to make sure we've got so much coming across social media. That, you know, this is a conspiracy. This is this. This is that. Can I help you out with something? Folks dying are not a conspiracy. And please don't say that they're just collateral damage. No, lives are being lost. That's not a conspiracy. That's real. That's real. You know, folks are losing jobs behind us. That's not a conspiracy. That's real. Some folks don't have food behind us because they can't work. That's not a conspiracy. That's real. Some folks have uh, 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 right now some some damage going on to their health because of this. That's not fake. That's real. And you also we have to be mindful that we are paying attention to the truth and not only not paying attention to the stuff that's been put out on social media. That's not true. That's been forwarded to your messenger, your Instagram, all that. That's not true. But you all, you cannot be the carrier of false news either. 
You can't be the carrier of false news. You've got to make sure that you are always giving what you know to be true. Give what's factual. What does the Bible say about that? And how does it equate to sin? John 8 and 32 says this, and you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Not set you free. Understand the difference between the words because we always say, you know, you know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Anybody that's been set free can also be shackled again if you've been set free. But when you've been made free, that means you've been exonerated. And when you've been exonerated, that means you can't be tried against the same offense. Uh, you can't that's called double jeopardy we talked about that before it's double jeopardy you can't be tried for the same offense once you've been exonerated once you've been acquitted once you've once you've been uh, gone through the judicial process and it's a done deal it's a done deal it's a done deal so you all we've got to understand that you can't tell somebody well everybody doing it they can't be seen Oh, well, that's just old fashioned. You know, uh, you know, uh, er everybody is cussing. So it's old fashioned not because sometimes that's the only language they understand. Well, so does that mean that the scripture that says, let no corrupt conversation come out of your mouth? That means that that's old fashioned. That means that there's you, you don't do anything with that anymore. You all is still a part of the word. And the Bible says. That not one jot or tittle of the word will pass away. The grass wither and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord will what? Stand forever. It'll stand forever. You all, so we've got to understand that we can't protect ourselves from sin. How? By uh, uh, staying informed. Read the word of God. Read the word of God. We can uh, uh, protect ourselves by not being tempted to return to normal our old normal of sin we can protect ourselves you all by not falling prey to false news and I said this before but I'm going to say it one more time you all there is and while it might not be a known cure right now for the coronavirus there is a known cure to death by sin there is <laughs> and I'm glad about it today. John 3 and 16 gives the known prescription for death by sin. You all know it. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, whoever, I don't care who you are, whoever believes in him shall not perish. Shall not die in their sin. But shall have eternal life. My brothers and my sisters. You don't have to die in your sin. And I'm not just talking about those non-believers. But I'm talking about believers too. Because I think we get to a place you are. Where we feel as though. Well I already gave my life to the Lord. So therefore this isn't about me. Yeah it is about you. Because again, you could be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongue of God, get utterance of that with a mighty burning fire and still sin. You can. You can. There is no 
Nothing in the word that says once you get saved, you will never sin again. It's not in the word. If you find it, holla at your girl. Let me know. But there's nothing in the word that says that you won't sin again. But there are prescribed measures that you can take. That will keep you from sinning. Just like there are prescribed measures to take. To keep us protected from the coronavirus. There are prescribed measures that you can take. To keep you from sin. While it might not. While the measures that you take might not completely keep you from the coronavirus. It lessens the percentage of you getting it dramatically. As believers we want to limit the possibility of us sinning dramatically. Stay informed. Don't return to normal. You all don't fall prey to false news. If it's not in the word that God allows it, then don't act like he does. Again, First John 1 and 6 in the message says, if we claim that we experience a shared life with him and continue to stumble around in the dark, we are obviously lying through our teeth. We're not living what we claim. <clears throat> but God does give a prescription. And I want to read this from the New American Standard Version. Again, First John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and he's righteous. Some versions, I believe the King James says, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My brothers and my sisters, there is a prescription. There is a cure to death by sin. And the prescription is what I just read. If we confess, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, if you've been listening to this this, this sermon and, and it has blessed you, normally I, I, I close, you know, with prayer and then I give the invitation. But on today, I want to encourage any one of you, whether you're a part of his house, whether you're watching on Facebook or Periscope or, or, or YouTube, whether you're watching on our, our website. And if you say, you know what, that that OK, you got me. And you're like the, the first church in Acts. And when Peter preached his first evangelistic message, they said, what shall we do? And in Acts 2 and 38, Peter just told him, repent. Be baptized in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of sins. You all, if you desire to be, to, to turn away from your sin, if you say, you know what, I don't know what else to do. It's as simple, I promise you, as ABC. And I just want to share this with you. It's as simple as ABC. The first thing you need to do is accept that you're a sinner. Just admit it. Just be honest. Be honest. I'm a sinner. I've fallen short. Because again, it's Romans 3 and 23. I knew it was something. That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the A. The B is believe that Jesus paid the price. 
He paid the price for sin when he died on the cross for you. That's what John 3.16 says that God gave his son to die that we might have a right to the tree of life. And Romans 5 and 8 says, For God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the B and the C is just to confess and repent of your sin. Romans 10 and 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved. It's not hocus pocus. It's not how much money can you give. It's not what type of church should you join. I'm, yes, I want you to be a part of a church body, whatever church body, so that you can be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. But I'm more concerned that you become a member of the body of Christ. That's what I'm concerned about. So if that's you on today, will you pray this prayer with me? If you desire to, to have a relationship with Jesus. Will you pray this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I haven't been good, but you've always been good. I believe that you paid the price for my sins on Calvary's cross. I'm confessing my sins before you and I'm confessing that you are Lord. Come into my heart and be my savior. The Bible says that if I do these things, I'm saved. Thank you for the simplicity of salvation. And thank you for being my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, you're saved. And guess what? Nobody can pluck you out of the Father's hand. We bless the Lord on today. Amen and amen.